Hello there. <laughs> Good to have everybody here. God bless you. It's so neat to be able to be meeting people in the community and having them to be coming back and saying hello. I like to see that. Amen. And so, yeah, we welcome everybody here. We had a, a person who was baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues for the very first time on Wednesday night. Wasn't that awesome? Amen. Yeah, we're glad for that. So our, our focus is on um, the Holy Spirit. We spent some time in prayer, spent some time in instruction about the, the Holy Spirit and have kind of been able to uh, take in kind of specialize or dial it in for whomever is there and we're just caring for or loving on one another and it's been a small group but once again if you'd like to join us it'd be uh, great to join us on Wednesday night for that. Uh, if you are part of our prayer team note that we haven't forgotten you but just be ready at the end of the service uh, we're going to just move some things around this morning and uh, want you to be ready uh, for that. What a joy it is to be part of the, the body of Christ. You know I uh, I get to know so many more of you maybe than what you know of each other, you know, and it's, I, I continue to just try to verse myself well in, in, in your uh, memorizing, if I can, everybody's name or, or getting to know what's going on in everyone's life. And I mean, there's going to come a time when I, I may not know all of those details and such, but it is so cool to hear what God is doing in different people's lives. And uh, once again, I, I thank you for sharing that, but we have something online that we really want you to take a look at. It's called My Story. And if you have something that God has done in your life, go to our website, cagmuskegon.org, and look on there, and you can write down what God is doing so we can, at the appropriate time, be able to share it with different people. Maybe in this setting or maybe in a smaller setting. Uh, it, it really doesn't matter, but maybe we put it into print. And, and I think one of the greatest things that can happen for the body of Christ is that we can be encouraged by what God is doing in other people's lives. There's no greater ploy that the enemy has than trying to make you feel isolated, trying to make you feel like uh, you're going through this all by yourself, and that is not the case, all right? All right? Amen, amen. amen. So we're wrapping up our series that we began way back on March 17th, all right? And it's called DNA Values Matter. And, you know, it's, it's the, the goal of this particular series has been to help us to understand who we are as a church and really both visionary and as far as in what we are but but I don't know about you but some of these characteristics and these values that I spoke of I know I've needed to be brushing brushing up on some of those things I I know I needed to to be intentional about applying some of these principles in my life and I I hope that throughout this time that you have as well so so today's kind of a wrap-up and summary I've got some some fresh stuff that I like to give to you but we're going to be not everybody's been able to be here for each and every one of the weeks and so I want to go ahead and uh, bring you up to pace with those things but uh, you know our whole reason for being and that we've been doing this as far as the church is just understanding what it is to be build a culture okay so the next slide says that it says we are working to build a culture now how many of you know that you guys have to be part of the culture in which you live you're part of the society all right now some people let culture shape them some people try to shape culture I think we ought to be the ones who are shaping the culture, right? 
I think we ought to be the ones that are progressive and that we need to be moving. So we are working to build a culture where real people are serving a real God and making a real difference. That's our, our vision statement that we rolled out last fall. And uh, we have to unite on what defines central, the people. But if we don't know what that is, if we don't know what the goals are, we don't know how, then we don't know how we're going to get there, okay? And so there's some common denominators, and that is really what is unique about uh, DNA, all right? Uh, DNA is this, this whole process. They're the building blocks of what makes us up in the physical sense of who we are. There's DNA code that's in, in all of our cells, and, and there's like three billion or something. I mean, it's, it's crazy amount of, of, of codes that, that, or the, the code that's in you, but there's this common denominator that makes us very much alike with only very little variation when it comes to the hair color and, and, and our gender and our personalities and our likes and dislikes. There's different things like that. But for the most part, and I love this because there is a DNA that can be reproduced. Did you know that DNA actually reproduces itself? In the chains that you see here, all right, that, that they're built up, there's, and I don't want to get too sciencey on you, all right, because I'm not very good at it, first of all, but, but this whole process just keeps on repeating and rebuilding and making you stronger. Now, when you get to the understanding of whom we are rebuilding after, who are we being built upon, then you understand that just if we can become like Christ, Christ be in us and us in Christ, then we are a formidable force, all right? What the Lord gave me when I first came here as pastor, coming up on almost five years ago, is that central, we are a force to be reckoned with. What I believe is that not a lot of people within the body of Christ understand the force that they are. They, they let the enemy just kind of work them over and beat them up and such. And listen, the Bible says that it rains on the just and on the unjust. I get that. There's good days. There's bad days. But there's ways in which we can respond that will cause for more people to be believers in God. Or they'll be doubters of the very relationship that you claim to profess. Because it's our culture, a culture where real people, we ought to be a real people who don't just talking this, this, this talk that is, that is a, a, a faith, full, faith talk in the sense that's hyper faith, that doesn't recognize and acknowledge any types of problems at all, all right? How many of you got problems? You got issues, all right? I think that's part of being real. And, and, and I think that people want, we, we got to get this. There's this false message out there that's being spun by the kingdom of darkness that the body of Christ is unrelatable because we live in this glass bubble where we just think all you need is Jesus and it's just going to make everything perfect. Here's what happens. I need Jesus because everything's not perfect. I need Jesus because I'm living in a place where I have shortcomings. I'm living, I need Jesus because he will help and make up the difference in my weakness. The Bible says that when I am weak, he is strong. That's the culture I want to create. Not that we're perfect, but we are relatable. We are real people serving a real God, a real God. Let me say it again, a real God, all right? He's not dead. He's still alive, right, man? How many of you have seen that film, God's Not Dead? Was that powerful? Listen, we, we got we to gotta broadcast this. We got to, uh, you know, herald it out and proclaim it wherever we go that he is a real God and making a real difference. There's, you know, there, there's so many people in the world today who don't think that the church is, is really accomplishing anything. I think, you know, we, we, we've thrust so much responsibility upon government, 
Now, it's great when, you know, government's pocketbooks are paying for certain things, but what happens is we don't get the, 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 that, that love quotient. We don't get that, that, uh, that, com- that community that is ever so necessary when we don't sacrificially give of ourselves to help people through things. You can make a difference. We have people within our church who are on parachurch organizations as far as ministry boards and Muskegon Pregnancy and in Chosen and in, in Bringing Hope Alive and, and, and people who work at the rescue mission. And I mean, it's, it's amazing what we have about people right here in this church and the things that they're doing on a regular basis. Dennis Andrews sitting back there and I haven't heard a story from you lately, brother, but I remember, I'm reminded of your stories, and when I get to talk with Dennis, I hear about the ministry that's taking place because he says, I'm, going, I'm making a difference. He goes out and he takes these walks, and he's not shy about talking to people about Jesus and their plan. He's sensitive. For some, it's just like, well, you know, I, I don't know, but, but Dennis, you, you inspire me, brother. I want you to know that today. I appreciate you. I appreciate someone who is willing to say, you know what, I, I, I want to make a difference. You see, we're working to do this. Our values, go ahead, next slide, please. Make us who we are, and I put there, be. <laughs> who we be. <laughs> because we're supposed to be witnesses, right? Going to get to that in just a couple of minutes. Our values drive us to what we do. Who you are or who you be becomes what you do you can't do something and it's going to make you into something but you are something and then you do something some people try to do it backwards and what happens is there's a washout it doesn't have the the proper foundation and and you can't sustain the pressure that's there our values make us who we are our dna as a church and as individual christians in christ should impact our values what is our values? You ever think about that? What, what, is, what is it that is valuable to us? I want you to know there's a, there's a, there's a thing, there's a scripture verse that talks about values and, and uh, I lost my place. It's found right here in Matthew chapter 13. It's not on the screen, so if you have your Bibles, you need to write it down and such, but, but this is just being laid upon my heart a little bit later on uh, today, and I wasn't going to share it, but I feel like I'm supposed to, and it's, it's Matthew 13, verse number 44. It says, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. Now this man's a little bit outside of the normal things okay he, he he was out he found this treasure he hid it again i don't know if he was just out digging or he was on someone else's property or what it was but he did whatever was necessary in order to take possession of this treasure it was of great value to him again the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls and when he found one of great value he went away and sold everything he had and bought it let me tell you something the things you value you will do anything in order to get. The things that are important to you will cause for your behaviors to change. Your behaviors and how you treat people and how you respond to adversity are what shapes the culture, are what builds faith within people, the appropriate type of faith that is, that's, that's just, I mean, it is outside of this, this, the norm of reality, okay? It's extraordinary, but something happens when you 
Let your values drive you to become the actions that you actually do. Values represent conviction and they show the, show the core of not just what a person believes, but also how they live. It's also something called ethics. Now, a scripture verse that we've been using as a launching pad here is we get Christ's DNA in 1 John chapter 2, verse 24. We get it. See that what, what you have heard from the beginning remains in you. And if it does, you also will remain in the Son and in the Father. Now, some people don't like these words, if, because it feels like a condition. They don't like it because it feels like some level of responsibility. Well, let me tell you something. The Word of God says you're supposed to make every effort. Now, it isn't your effort that changes you, but you're supposed to make the effort. Amen? He will make the connection. He will be the one who will be the difference maker in you. But when you remain in him and he remains in you, something begins to happen. 1 John 2, 5 and 8, but if anyone obeys his word, God's love is truly made complete in him. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. And from the very beginning of this series, we talked about how intimidating it is to have the responsibility to walk like Jesus. Some people just throw their hands up in the air and they say it's useless, it's futile, there's no sense of even trying. I mean, I'm not him. He was fully God and fully man. What you got to understand about this is that when he took off his robe, it wasn't taking off his robe of righteousness, sorry, but he took off his robe of being God and became fully man with the limitations. And that's why when he was in the garden, in his flesh, he basically says, Father, all right, I know why I've been sent here, but if there's something else, if there's another way in which this can be done, what you're asking, what, what I've agreed to, pre-taking off my robe, all right, pre-coming down here, it's, this is heavy, this is huge. But then he says, but not my will, your will be done. And what was the will of the Father? That every single one of us, regardless of how wicked, how dirty, how used up, or how, how, how much of an abuser we've ever been, he, he loves us and he cares for us. And he's reaching out for us. First Peter, finally, in the scripture verse, I'm getting to some of these points here. First Peter chapter two, verse four and five. As you come to him, what? What do you have to do? You have to come to him, right? That's kind of like along the lines of making every effort. There's some people who don't want to ever come to him. But as you come to him, the living stone that has been rejected by men, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like a living stone, why can you be also? Because this reproduction of the DNA of Christ that gets in you, you and him and he and you, are being built. We're what? There's that word again, being, right? You're being built. It's about who you be. Into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. In the Old Testament, it was really challenging to accept the responsibility to be the priest that goes into that holy of holies one time a year. If you didn't have everything right, if you didn't have everything right in your life, you haven't offered the right sacrifice, you, you didn't come out walking under your own accord, all right? They had a rope that was tied to your legs, all right? And they pulled you out. 
when they heard the bells that were sewn to the bottom of their garments, all right, quit jingling around. They know that something had gone wrong. They know that that priest, all right, signed up another one because he wasn't the right, right guy, all right? He fell over dead in the holy presence of an almighty God because that's what God expects. And he expects, and, and, and you have to go through this, well, because of Jesus Christ. He was our propitiation. He was the one who took our place. He was the one who took our sins, all right? And guess what? Because of who he was and, and what he was willing to do to bow down and, and, and to humble himself, God looked upon that and said, that's the kind of sacrifice right there that's going to take away the sins of the world. So this acronym Go ahead, if you would, please. That we have come up with in order to help us to be reminded of the culture that we're trying to create looks like this. That we central, who we are, what our DNA is, is that we ought to be a people. You need to commit these to memory. There will be quizzes. (laughs) That we will be committed to worship. That we will what? Be eternally minded. Say them with me, all right, please? That we would be neglecting no one. That we would be truth-speaking. That we would be relationship-driven. That we would be active in the spirit. And that we would be led by love. And in these things, over the course of the last number of weeks, we've been talking about the application of these things and what it looks like. And I could have probably taken multiple weeks on each of these points as we unpack it and we talk about it. But I just got a couple summary things I want you to kind of dial in on and help us to understand what it means. Because what it means will shape what we do. Do you see that? What you value. If you value being committed to worship, then it's going to change how you approach Sunday morning. It's going to change how you approach Monday morning. It's going to change how you approach Tuesday and Wednesday. If you are committed to worship, I'm suggesting to you that your whole lifestyle will change as a result of the, what you value. Because what you worship or who you worship is what you live for. And we can know what that is by looking at some, some things that are very clear. We can, we can look at what you have on your calendar. That's what declares what is of value to you. What you will put down on your calendar that's important is what you value. What you can go ahead and, and, and see in your checkbook, thank you so much, uh, is, is what you value. What you spend your money on is what you value. Who you spend time with is who you value. It's important for you to realize that. Church members worship on Sunday. Disciples live a worship lifestyle that bleeds over to Sunday. You got to get this. You got to understand here. I'm not trying to be degrading of members because in a few moments we're going to recognize a few people here. But these church members worship on Sunday and that, that's cool. But if you want to be a disciple, you want to be someone who other people can model their life after. And that worship lifestyle that you have will bleed over. You'll come in here and you'll be so excited about what God's done in your life, you cannot wait to get here and tell somebody else about it. 
See, the world don't get it. They don't understand it. You've been out there in the world and, and God's been doing these things and, and he's been working through you to reach and to touch these pre-Christians and, and you're excited about it, right? But you really can't share that there. But you come together on Sunday and you're supposed to get here early enough. Hello? You're supposed to get here and stay late enough in order so that you can have fellowship with each other. You're supposed to be part of our life groups so that you can have fellowship with one another and you could stir one another up and say, let me tell you about what God's doing. Let me tell you about how God has worked through me. That's a lifestyle of worship. So the scripture verse here says, Psalms 95, uh, verse number six. Go back one, if you would, please. Come, let us bow down and worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God and we are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. That's more than just singing songs, church. It's a whole lifestyle. It's about the way in which you live. I kneel before the Lord, my maker, not just when, when the, the, I have the most awesome of praise teams, amen? Not just when I got the music going, but I humble myself before the Lord and say, I need you. I thank you, Lord, for what you've done to me. I am committed to worship you because you are the one who provides for me. You, you lead me through the valley of the shadow of death. You, you, you set a banqueting table before me in the presence of my enemies, right? You show me the green pastures as well as the wilderness out there but whether it be green or whether it be wilderness i know you have not left me you have not forsaken me the next thing we talked about is eternally minded to be eternally minded first corinthians chapter 2 verse 116 says no eye has seen no ear has heard no mind has conceived what god has prepared for those who love him say but god I love this part. But God has revealed it to us by his spirit. And what I'm talking about, in order for you to be eternally minded, you cannot do in the natural. You cannot stay in the natural. It's a supernatural intervention for you to be able to, to, to say, I'm doing this not for because it's going to be pleasing to my flesh right now, but because there's going to be an eternal reward that's going to come, not just to me, but on the behalf and benefit of other people. We have to become a people who's willing to lose something here in this earth in our personal realm so that we can see what God could do. But see, no eye has seen it. No ear has you know, heard it. No mind has seen it. But God, by his spirit, has revealed it to you. You know why it's hard for us to be visionary? It's hard for us to get beyond those types of things because we're so stuck in this world in which we live. How about we get involved with him in the spirit? We begin to say, Lord, I'm worshiping you. I need you to communicate to me so that I can become eternally minded because I'm having more of a love for the things of this world than I have for you. Come on, let's, let's just see the common ground that all of us have right now. How many of you could say that you've been there? You've loved the things of this world a whole lot more than what you've loved God. Come on, is, 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 it should be common among all of us because you love your kids, you love your spouse, you love your car, your homes, your other possessions, you love your, you, when I say you love them, I mean, you have this appreciation for it, you know what I'm saying? And you'll do and go to great lengths in order to preserve, in order to take care of, and in order to watch over those things, will you not? What are we doing to make sure that we maintain, preserve, protect, and enhance the things that will be eternal? We've got to ask ourselves the question. God's revealed it to us by his spirit, amen? There's uh, some other scripture verse, Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. And uh, go ahead, if you would, please. We're gonna skip through these really quick. Next slide. 
He says, then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone would come after me, he must what? Deny. Deny. You think the world knows about that? The person who's a sports fanatic does. The person who really wants to become good at what the world has to offer, they know about denying. They may be denying the wrong things in order to become good and things is temporary though, right? They know what it is to deny themselves of eating wrong food. If a person is a, is a fitness, you know, person, that's like, uh, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I know how that makes me feel. So it's not like it's totally foreign, but to take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will find it. You will get eternal life, in other words. What good will it be for a man if he gains the whole world but forfeits his soul? Or what can a man gain in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels, and then he will reward each person, look at this, according to what he has done. Now, what do we say about how you've done what you've done? You've done what you've done because you've been who you are. All right? You can't do the right things without the right being. You have to be the witnesses. Huh. I, I, I've got so many scriptures here, but I, I, I want you to just go to 1 Corinthians, the next one, if you would, please, 15. Uh, and I, I love this. We will not all sleep right there in the middle, but we will all be changed in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at that last trumpet. I ought to hear some people getting excited here. A little bit of a shouting, all right? Because, you get, because for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and what? We will be changed, amen? That's the eternal mindset. Next slide, please. He, he says this, he says, for the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality. And when the perishable has been clothed with imperishable, the mortal will, with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Say it. Will has been swallowed up in victory. What comes after that? Next slide, please. Where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where, O oh, death, is your sting? Something happens in the life of a believer, someone who understands that, you know what? Death may be part of this part of eternity, but it does not limit me. I have got this eternal mindset, and I'm focusing on that, and I'm going to be a difference maker in other people's lives. We're going to change the culture in which people live in. We're going to put an expectancy within them that you can expect that you are, from time to time, going to deny yourself and take up your cross and follow follow after him so that other people can come to know him it's about laying down your preferences it's about laying down those things that you have created at a higher value than what he is and his plan for your life are you getting this neglecting no one we said that Neglecting no one, we need to understand who that is. And so in Romans chapter 12, we find here where it says, love must be sincere, hate what is evil, cling to what is good, be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking, all right, in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with God's people who are in need. There's a whole list here of right actions for, for us not neglecting anyone. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. I, 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 you're feeling the strain a little bit? Those who don't have much, those who persecuted me, those, I mean, neglect no one. Neglect no one who deserves to be neglected. 
We say, who deserves that? Well, come on, in the natural, someone who's stabbed you in the back, someone who's come after you, right? Like, forget you. That's what we want to say, right? But rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. That's what we mean by we say neglecting no one. As you recall the events of your life, of of this last week, the events of this last week, can you think of somebody that maybe you should have paused a little bit longer on? That you could have just given a little bit more attention to? You could have worked to speak a word of encouragement within their life to influence them and say, hey, I know that things are looking pretty dark for you, but I want to tell you something. You're not alone. We've bought this thing. We've let the world tell us that the church is so heavenly minded that it's no earthly good. Well, most of the time it's the other way around. We're so earthly minded, we're no heavenly good. You hear what I'm saying? We've got to become a people. Now, truth speaking, go, let's go there for a moment, all right? John chapter 8, verse 31. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Yikes. That means there's some people who think they're disciples but really are not disciples. You get that? If you, there's that, that word again, if, that's good, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. This word, then, what's, what's then? He's about to ready to give us some action, right? You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. We live in a world that is assaulting truth. We live in a world where people are, don't, there's not absolute truths anymore is what they would say. How can that be? Well, we think the color blue, it should now be the color red. Hello? We, we're going to call one animal was, 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 was one particular type of breed, and now it's a whole other breed. How many of you know you can't do that? You can't do that. But the truth is, you can be whomever you want to be, whoever you feel like to be. You know, I'm tired of being a human being, so I'm going to go ahead and want to be an eagle. I'm going to fly. It doesn't work that way, does it? That's not the truth. The truth is, I am created in the image and likeness of God. And he made me into be a person who's supposed to be an image bearer of him. And I realize that, and that truth is going to set me free. But I also need to know the truth that if I don't practice righteousness, if I don't practice those things, and I I just claim to, to just know God, but not really serve him, that if I hold to his teachings, I may not really be a disciple. There's so much junk on the airwaves today, and, and I don't watch a show that I'm going to show you a clip of, all right? But, and if you do, I'm not judging you either for that, but I don't watch it. And, 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 but this was, came across in a news feed that I seen, and I, I just want you to see the ridiculousness that's in the world today that's prevalent as far as a way of thinking when it comes to truth, okay? Go ahead and roll that, if you would, please. I have had sex, and honestly... Jesus still loves me. What is the most dramatic moment of the season? I've had sex and Jesus still loves me is probably one of the most dramatic. Okay. Yes. 
Yeah. So let's talk about sex. Okay. And how the marriage bed should be kept pure. My faith, that is a big, huge part of me. And a lot of times people get Christianity and religion messed up because your faith should be something personal in a relationship and it's not to judge others. And let's say you have had sex with one or multiple of these guys and I'd be wanting to go home. Oh my god, I cannot believe you just said that. I'm so mad. I don't owe you anything. It seems like you felt judged or shamed. Yes, and it's like regardless of any thing that I've done, uh, it that people might think, oh, well, that deserves a scarlet letter that's not how it works like I can do whatever I sin daily and Jesus still loves me like it's all washed and do not and if the Lord doesn't judge me and it's all forgiven then no other man woman animal anything <laughs> I don't know anything can nobody's judge me. judging Hannah B nobody's gonna judge me I won't stand for it I'm gonna speak my mind about it made sex to be amazing and guess what a man does not control anything that i do it's really my like power play moment let's let's pause for a moment there just and say pastor why would you show us that <laughs> how many of you ever seen the bachelorette have you heard of it the premise of the show is that there's a number of people who there's this rich person and there's a number of suitors. They've done it both guys and girls. And in this particular case, there's 30 different guys who are trying to woo this particular lady and, and try to become their potential life mate. And in this process, as the world would do it, there's this setups and there's different types of relationships that could be had. And so there's this Christian guy who gets on there and he knows that he's going to be in trouble from the get-go. But at some point in time, he just basically says, I'm going to lay it out there. I'm going to stay to my Christian values. I'm going to tell this woman whom I'm considering to be a life partner with that, you know, if you're kind of going ahead and trying everybody else out first, he said, I'm not comfortable with that. The marriage bed should, should remain pure. And she says, well, I'm a Christian too, and I'm really offended that you would sit there and say that I can't do this, that I can just, I should be able to do whatever I want because Jesus loves me. How many of you know that Jesus loves everybody? For the God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, right? That's what we have. The, you know, so he loves, it doesn't take him, it's not a matter of the love, but the truth is you can't just live any which way you want and be who God wants you to be, amen? So th this young lady, this Hannah here, is not understand the truth, and that's the world in which we're living in. It, it isn't that I want to be mean. It's that people will continue to sin, and I want to tell them, listen, the Bible says, if you, are, if you will confess your sin, he is faithful and just to forgive you of that sin and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness, but you can't go on practicing it. You can't go on practicing it. The truth will set you free when you understand that he does love you. And so the condemnation that comes or the judgment that comes, you know, it shouldn't be coming from the body of Christ in, in the sense of we should sit, sit there and say that, that people are, um, uh, uh, are all going to hell. There's some things that we don't know. But let me tell you something. You're running a risk of you continue practicing this behavior. So the word of God says it. I don't have to judge you, right? The word of God says that we have a certain behavior. And when we do that, that that's going to make us truth speakers. See, truth, it does this. Go ahead and the next slide, please. Truth evidences a change in your life. Truth provides protection for you. Truth identifies you with the Father. Truth creates a spirit of trust. Truth exposes danger to be avoided. Truth sets a good pattern in your life. This is what truth does. Don't you think that we ought to be truth speakers? We absolutely should, right? 
Amen. It should also be relationship driven. Relationship driven. What, what, what does that mean? That just basically means in Mark chapter 12, verse 28 and following, Jesus was asked an important question. He says, of all the commandments, which is the most important? And he said, the most important one is this, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength. And the second is to love your neighbor as yourself. There's no greater love than commandment than all of these. You should love God and you should love others. We've already talked a little bit about who those others are. But, you know, you need to be relationship driven. And, and I would like those individuals uh, who are here, uh, who are coming into membership, if you go ahead and come on up here, please. All those individuals who have uh, gone through our class and such, go ahead and come on up here. We just want to recognize you real quick. Yeah. Relationship driven means that we could take a group of people whom identify, just stand right on up here, okay? You guys are all moving slow, like I'm, I'm bringing you to a guillotine or something like that. You know, this is, yeah, I'm not, you're not going to lose your life today, all right? <laughs> just, okay. Yep. Come on, there we go. Yes. <laughs> we got here. Let's see, my list. See, relationship-driven for us means that these individuals have a desire to want to go ahead and go to the next, the next place in relationship and in commitment and growing ahead and grabbing the arms and the hands of other individuals and saying, I'm going to help you do what the mission of Central Assembly is, to create a culture. And so these individuals are doing that right now, and we're just so happy to have you uh, as part of our, the people here. And so um, one of the people we also want to recognize is the McLeans. Where's Bruce and Jackie? Where are they at? I see them right there. Oh, there they are. Yes. Back again with us in formal way. I've been asked that their membership would be, uh, you know, reinstated. They're longtime members here, and so we, we wanted to uh, acknowledge you. Paula Barnaby comes to us from uh, most Oklahoma. Yeah, Oklahoma. And, uh, yeah, so glad to have you with us transferring her membership. And uh, Lori Wyborn was uh, right here, and uh, she was uh, at, at Mount Hope in Lansing for a good long time and such, but she's also gone through our growth tracks and such, and, and uh, she's, she's here with us. Um, Sherry Black right here, yep, and Kiana Black, her daughter, so good to have you with us. The Boshes, Chuck and Julie over here, all right, yes. Lois Reed over here, all right, give them a hand, all right. And also, Will and Elena Gray. And you've got some more to do, but hey, we're glad that you're up here as well. All right, Trayvon? All right. And Trayvon wants to be a member, all right? So it's going to happen. So these individuals have gone through our growth track, or most of them, all right, and, and I, and, or they've gone through most of the classes. They've got just a couple more or something to make up, but they've gone through another class with us. But what they're saying by being members, all right, not just voting privileges, not just a, a, a matter of identification, you know, type of thing, but they're saying, and I, I made it very clear to everybody, get ready to work. Get ready to work and have relationship with other people within the body of Christ. I expect these, you to be relationship-driven. You're looking outside of your comfort zone and you're trying to find people who will also uh, go ahead and embrace and be on the same page. 
and membership as part of that. I want to present them before you. I'm going to pray a quick prayer for them, and uh, just uh, we're, we're just going to move on, and you're going to give them one more hand, all right? So stretch your hands towards them right now. Heavenly Father, I thank you for every person that is up here. I thank you, God, for your desire to want to take them to the next places. And they have said, Lord, that they want to identify with the mission that we have going on here at Central. And I pray in Jesus' name that you will endue them with that power from on high, enabling them to do things that they otherwise could not do. And through the relationships that they get as a result of, of working together with other people, Lord, they will help to enhance this building of the kingdom. They will help to create this culture by which we can all grow. I bless them in Jesus' name. Give them one more hand, everybody, all right? All right. God bless you. You may be seated. All right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Refrigerator rights. <laughs> Refrigerator rights. All right. That's what family gets. I like that, Lori. Awesome. Awesome. So I, my mic's got a little bit of sensitivity to it. We're working that out. So here we are, relationship driven. I want the praise team to come, if you would, please. I got just two more things, but I'm going to really sum it up really quick here. Active in the spirit, just a couple weeks ago. You know, this idea of being active in the spirit is so much more than just uh, speaking in another language. In Luke chapter 24, I said so much more. It's awesome, all right? As I said, on Wednesday night, we had one person filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It was fantastic, amen, as he was praying for other individuals and, and the power of God come on him. But he says, you are witnesses of these things in Luke 24, and I'm going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. The power, the power. Do you got the power? On one occasion while he was eating with them in Acts 1, 1 and 8, he said, Don't, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the power. But you will receive the power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses. You won't just do witnessing, you'll be my witnesses. Which leads us to the very last point, and that is that we be led by love. We'll never make a difference in this world. You'll never make a difference unless love is the, the moving force. I understand today, through Hannah B. and her misunderstanding of the love of God and thinks that you can just go ahead and do anything. But if you don't understand, God led this way. He says, while you were still a sinner, while you were an enemy of God, while you were dead in your transgressions, he demonstrated his love to us. God desires to demonstrate the love to Hannah B. So that she can get it right and she can understand that it's not judging to say, the word of God says that when you're truly following after me, you're going to deny yourself and you're not just going to do things the way in which you want to do them. But you're going to be led by love in saying that. You're going to have a father's love. Last week, we talked about how important it was that this man, this prodigal father, who was extravagant and what seemingly was reckless in his love, went and grabbed a hold of his son, hugged him and embraced him after he'd squandered everything. Have you, 
Have you ever felt guilty about what God's had to do so that you can have what you have? You ever felt like, my goodness, I, I just haven't, didn't represent him well. I'm not representing him well now. It's probably that way for all of us at some point in time. But he does not want you to stay there. He wants that love to be liberating for you. And it's really important that you come to understand that you're not the same today as what you were before Christ. You've got a new identity. You've got a new thing that's happening within you. Or at least that's what can happen. So as we wrap up the service today, we're going to sing a, a, a closing song before we do, but I want every head to be bowed and every head to be closed in this place. You may be here today and you may not be sure that if you were to die tonight, heaven would be your home. You may have believed even some of the distortions that Hannah B. has been living under that, well, he loves me and I'm just, you know, I, I, I can just really do whatever I want to do. That's not the case. But here the deal is, is that you, you can get to the place that you say, I am lost. I am a sinner. But I recognize what he's done for me. And I want to receive Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. If you're here in this place today and you are making for the very first time a commitment, a very first time, I want you to lift up your hand here in this place today. Who is here today and say, I want to make a commitment to live for Jesus. Maybe, you, maybe a very first time. How about, is there anybody here today who wants to make a recommitment? You say, you know, Pastor, I, I haven't been a good representation of him, and I, I want him to come and do something in my life. I want him to change some things around. Yes, I see that hand. God bless you. And that one, and that one. Come on, come on, and that one, and that one. Come on, and that one right there. God bless you. You can put those hands down. God, and that one over there. These are people being honest. There's no condemnation. There's, no, there's nothing that's being thrown upon them, but it's only the angels in heaven are saying, you know what? You're wanting help from heaven? Here it comes. Here comes my Holy Spirit going to help you, all right? You're going to make every effort right now. Every effort. I want you to stand to your feet in this place. We're going to pray a prayer, everybody, in this place together because it just makes sense. I do this on a regular basis. Repeat this prayer after me. Heavenly Father, thank you for your mercy. Thank you for the price that your son paid for me. That I can acknowledge my sins and you can make me new. Thank you, Lord, for living through me and changing me. In Jesus' name, amen.